Welcome to the M&A Source Podcast, a podcast brought to you by M&A Source, a nonprofit professional organization that provides training and education for small to mid-sized business mergers and acquisitions intermediaries. In each episode of the podcast, we will interview leaders in the M&A world to discuss education opportunities provided by M&A Source, trends in M&A markets, and useful insights provided by the experts that use them. Thank you for joining us. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the M&A Source podcast, sponsored by M&A Source, the source of opportunity and professional growth for mergers and acquisitions professionals in the lower middle market. I'm your host, Lamar Stanley, Director and Head of Business Development at GenCap America, a lower middle market private equity firm based here in Nashville, Tennessee. And joining me today is Jeff Swiggett of VR Business Sales of New Haven. Jeff has over 30 years of business experience, including positions in engineering, manufacturing, marketing, business startup, and acquisition. And he's owned and operated an import and export firm, as well as a manufacturing company. And Jeff is now the owner of VR Business Sales, which is uh, the hat that I've known him the most, um, one of the best recognized and most admired business intermediary firms in Connecticut. Jeff is one of the few business brokers in New England that has secured the prestigious designations of Certified Business Intermediary and Mergers and Acquisitions Master Intermediary Certifications. And in 2020, his firm was named the top firm of the year for the two to five person firm category. But in addition to all these accolades, I've brought Jeff on today because he was selected and he is the chair or the chair elect, I should say, of M&A Sources Board of Directors. And we'll assume the chairmanship beginning in January. So. Congrats, Jeff. Uh, thank you for your service and welcome. Yeah, thanks, Lamar. It's great to be here. Great. Well, do this. For the folks that, that don't know you as well as I do, can you tell us a little bit um, about your background, uh, both pre your M&A career and then kind of how it led you to this work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you sort of highlighted in the intro there, I, you know, I'm, I have an engineering degree, which, uh, you know, I sort of put to use for maybe six or seven years out of when I graduated from engineering school back in 1979. And then, uh, you know, I think always actually, you know, when you're, when you come to the conclusion that you're not a great engineer and you do what all not so great engineers do, you get into sales and marketing, start, (laughs) start, start developing business. But that got me keenly interested in, in uh, um, actually, running my own stuff. So in 1986, um, you know, I, I, and this grew out of an opportunity I had with the last manufacturing firm I was working with. Uh, we were making some parts out in Asia for, you know, back in Taiwan, back in the mid eighties when, when it was unbelievable what you could do kind of in that part of the world for pretty complex parts. And, and, uh, uh, so I started a business that's getting a lot of stuff made over, overseas and, and uh, in Asia and did that for a lot of years, um, which kept me out of the country probably four or five, three or four months out of the year. And then I I'd, uh, uh, just kind of got interested in sort of putting, doing something different, getting back into more directly manufacturing something, hanging out in this business. And so I I acquired a business with another guy out of bankruptcy, not too far away from where I live. And, and actually that was sort of a lifestyle choice a bit as uh, my family was getting older. I didn't want to spend three or four months out of the year, but it was, you know, I hung on to this 
this uh, important business for a lot of years. I mean, I still do it, believe it or not. So uh, uh, just kind of uh, uh, once you're designed in on, on products, you know, the things just continue to roll. So that helped me support through the acquisition of this, uh, get, taking this business out of bankruptcy and then running that for about 11 years. And then uh, we sold that in 2007. And, when, and in 2007, after we sold that, I was looking to do buy another business and got interested in started working with some brokers, kind of got more interested in what they were doing. It was kind of the right time in my career to maybe pursue that kind of business. And so decided to become a business broker. That was okay. back in 2008. Okay. And when I, you know, when we did that, I didn't have a transaction background. And I looked to hook up with some brokerage firm that could help me kind of build a base of industry knowledge and kind of get me through the early stages of, uh, of running a, uh, basically a, what in effect is a small M&A business, understanding transactions. And that's how I hooked up with VR, uh, which is a franchise, franchise business broker with probably 40, 45 of us around the country, around North America, really. Like they've got some around the globe, and that's proved to be a productive, fruitful relationship with a good group of folks that we we work with through that network. Yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Concur on that. Um, and what other services does VR offer, particularly VR? Yeah, so I, you know, every office is different, and what what I do is is um, strictly work on transactions. I mean, we don't, we're not offering a lot of consulting, exit planning type stuff that, you know, works with clients for three to five years in advance of a sale, the position that way. We don't, we, we do valuations, but really only in the service of an engagement, you know, frankly, we don't uh, often charge for those valuations. We're just doing it so that we can get to know the business and they could get to know us a little bit. And then, and then when they engage us, we're sort of feeling good about where we're you know, what the price expectations are both from the client side and from our side and, uh, uh, and, and know the business better than if we were, were uh, uh, not, not pursuing that kind of work. So, but yeah, all we do is work on transactions. Okay. Well, great. We'll, we'll, you know, moving from VR to M&A source, can you tell us a little bit about your history you know, how you became connected to M&A Source and, and got more involved? Yeah, so, you know, I think uh, uh, as most business brokers will do is that they probably get connected with the International Business Brokers Association, IBBA, mm -hmm. which tends to deal with mainly smaller Main Street transactions, kind of transactions valued under a million bucks. Um, they have great education, great conferences, great networking. And it's really, you know, it helps you become a better sort of broker professional in, in the industry. And, and uh, I was going to, I've been to their conferences, went through a lot of their education. It helped me a lot. I think as you progress in this business and begin to get gain more confidence about handling larger, somewhat more complex transactions, then you look for another educational source to get you through that. And and, uh, you know, you hook into M&A Source, which is a sister organization, the IBBA, and frankly, was formed by a bunch of brokers like me who were 
you know, who recognize the need that there was a different level of education that you need. And once you began to consistently do transactions over valuations of a million bucks. Although I will say I'll add a caveat to difficulties of transaction. There is nothing harder and nothing more complex than selling a, a convenience store for a hundred thousand bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You probably never dealt with an, a deal with that, those kinds of complexities. No, but we do share the sentiment that, that you know, smaller <laughs> deals only make them more compli- more complicated. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, you know, but, but yeah, so that's how, you know, I got involved with MA Source, uh, uh, you know, for probably t- starting 10 years ago. And, you know, it's really, it's been a, a great vehicle in which the, uh, gain a lot of education, you know, in terms of uh, understanding how to be a a better intermediary uh, and become a real professional and add value to the transaction as opposed to just putting people together. And, uh, uh, you know, so I think it's, it's been a very productive kind of relationship for me. And uh, I've made a lot of great friends there as well. You know, I think it's uh, just a lot of great people. I've always been struck I am in a source that uh, is the least competitive group with, with it, 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 as a group, when you get together, you're sharing all ideas, helping each other out. And I often, and unlike any other organization I've been involved with, and I often think it's really the, it's because most of us, you know, didn't come out of college or engineering school becoming trained as investment bankers, <clears throat> you know, where we pick up that skill set early on. I think all of us came to it pretty late in life. Yep. And so we're just hungry for understanding how to do this, you know, and understanding how to, to make it work. So we rely on each other to, to yep. make that happen. It's a nice collegial organization. That was what that was the word I was going to use. I I was I, I totally agree with that sentiment and think that it's probably one of the more collegial organizations that I've been involved with in the business. Um, you might have just touched on this, but do you have one thing that you can point to that is kind of the thing that's most valuable to you as an MA source member, like something that you get out of the organization? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think uh, as was true with the ABBAs, the educational resources are really terrific. And it's, it's tapping in not just to the courses, but to the skill set and knowledge of of its members. I mean, it is, it, it really did allow me to, to uh, uh, graduate from selling the convenience store to selling a, you know, a, ten, a, a manufacturing business that's valued at 10 to 20 million bucks. And, and uh, I just don't think you would have, we would have, I would have understood the language and the needs and, and the methods to, to uh, really speak to all the professionals involved with those transactions to, to make a, to represent my, my seller well, you know, and uh, I think that's, m was able to deliver, m Source is able to deliver on that, you know, it's been really important. It's probably the best thing about that we offer people, you know. Right, yep. Well, now, um, bearing that in mind, um, this might influence this next question, but as the new chairman, or soon to be, I should say, uh, anything that you're, anticipate focusing on or anything you're excited about building upon or exploring new? Yeah, I, I think that, that, you know, we are, but by necessity over the last year and a half, we've had to move more of the educational 
<coughs> offerings to virtual online offerings. And that, that, that has always been part of the plan for the last several years. I would say that that expedited that plan. And, and so we're gonna put a bigger push and spend some resources and dollars to make that happen more extensively this year. Uh, so that, you know, within, within a couple of years, I hope to be offering all the important stuff sort of virtually or online on demand in, in some significant way through the organization. You know, I think, I think having, I mean, what really forced us to do that in a bigger way was, was some of these virtual conferences that we had to offer and, and uh, during the pandemic and we had no choice, but to kind of figure that out and still deliver that kind of content. So, so we really want to build on that impetus and, and make it, I mean, the education committee has been doing a terrific job of putting some, some uh, good courses out there. And we want to begin to make that accessible to everybody, even if they can't attend the conferences. I would also say that, that one of the things we did this past year um, is, is the kind of, we're, we're getting pretty sophisticated in terms of the financial modeling offerings that, that we're bringing to the coursework as well, which I think is a, is, is we had been somewhat deficient in that, you know, I mean, I think that frankly, if we can, if it, it, it'll, it'll afford the members who want to get involved with that and take those kinds of courses to become, become, uh, I think, really almost like what investment bankers learn when they're first getting out of college and, and learning how to, to do all that. Not that necessarily that, and, you know, I, I, frankly, I took those courses last fall and um, I found myself using some of the some of that information for my sellers to explain why it is that a private equity group was structuring the deal this way. You know, why they were adding this kind of debt and that kind of equity and why they were, you know, what that meant in terms of, of uh, you know, them getting their their uh, return on equity in terms of hitting their, their hurdle goals there. And, and uh, you know, it was, I'm not sure the sellers ever really understood it when I was telling them, but, but at least it, 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 I, they appreciated the attempt to understand why the deal was structured as it was. Right. And so I, you know, I think that's something I had really not been, I was not doing, and then that's a really a great useful tool and uh, you know, makes just makes it just more valuable. Yeah. You know, more valuable guys like you, Lamar. Sure. You know, I mean, I think yeah. if we can get more sensitive as to as to uh, you know why you guys think the way you think, then then it's it's a big help, you know. That's right. And and any advice that you would give to someone either new to the profession or new to MA source? Yeah, I, you know, if you're new to the profession, I I would I would uh, Get as much education as you can get, and I would get involved with organizations like MA Source and and the, and the IBBA. I would network, and uh, I would I would make a point of. I mean, one of the things that I I started doing fairly early on, and I think it helped my practice, is to make a commitment to becoming a real professional. You know, in other words, I think there there are a lot of people in our industry. Uh, too many people in our industry who, who don't make that commitment. In other words, all they're really doing is brokering a deal. In other words, they're 
they're, they're matching a buyer and a seller and hoping something sticks through the process and as opposed to trying to sort through what really is needed to be brought to bear on the process to make a transaction work. And, uh, you know, I think if the better educated you can be, the less likely you're going to be, uh, the more better service you're going to give to your uh, client and the less, you know, you're going to, you're going to differentiate yourself from the hacks out there. It's the way I really look at it because there are a lot of them. Well, that's my advice. The other is just to stay with it, man. This is a, this is a business that has a long sales cycle, you know, go, go into it with your eyes wide open in terms of, you know, how long it's going to take you to turn, turn, make a living at the thing. But, but once you get that cycle going and once you get that deal flow going, it's a lot of fun. Sure. And it's a good industry to be in. Yeah. I've done a lot of different things over, a, you know, 30, 40 year career. So. Right. <clears throat> and then kind of, Stepping away from M&A source specifically, but uh, something that I ask a lot of people that I interview on this podcast is, is there a book uh, that you've read recently or one that you recommend to people frequently related to the industry or not? Uh, related to the industry? Um, yeah, not really. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't I, have to be. I, mean, I, I read a lot, but I, I tend, and I, I suppose I should read more, uh, kind of, uh, you know, self-improvement books as far as business is concerned. I, but I tend to, I, t- I, I gravitate more towards reading a lot about, a lot of history, mm-hmm. a lot of sort of int- books that just sort of interest me. And frankly, I get, I get a lot of great sort of leadership management lessons out of just absorbing what, what uh, you know, others have done in the past as much as anything else or, or commenting on the future. So, you know, sorry to answer it in that way. I can get a couple of good history books I've read in the last last uh, few months. So uh, yeah, what's one of those? Uh, well, you know, I, I read I, I don't I, I read the uh, a great book about John Maynard Keynes. It, it got a lot of publicity about two or three years ago. It's called The Price of Peace. It's written by Anthony Card, um, and it's a fascinating study of a really a fascinating guy that I knew nothing about other than that that, uh, you know, he advocated spending lots of money to, to keep economies going. But, but you learned a lot. You know, he was the guy who really sort of began to develop monetary theory in a way that uh, no one really had understood until he came along. And the other thing, I sort of reading through the history of all this, is you realize, you know, we've been sort of coming to grips with monetary theory for the last 80 or 90 years. I, I still don't think anybody has, knows what the answers are at all all this stuff, but at least Keynes was trying to make sense of it, you know, in the aftermath of World War One. Yeah. The other good book is, uh, that I've read is, uh, actually it's not a history book. It's called Sapiens by, uh, it, it's, it's a, it's been a bestseller. I don't know if you've read that Lamar, but I, I have a fascinating take on, on our species and, uh, really a, a great read that, uh, I keep thinking about, you know, it's one of these books. I just, I keep, I, I, you sort of understand a little bit better about the human condition than, than uh, or how we got to where we are, you know, given, given how we started. So uh, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great book. Yeah. And the sorry. other book I think about, I knew you'd be asking me this question. The other book I recommend to anybody for leadership and management skills. I don't know if you ever read any of the Patrick O'Brien novels, you know, the master and commander. Old naval guy like you. Oh, yeah. I, so let me. I'll sell you on these books. They're they're, uh, they're 
if you ever saw the movie Master Commander, well, that was yes. sort of based loosely on, on you know, Patrick O'Brien's series of 20 novels okay. that, that talk about uh, a captain and a surgeon's mate, uh, Jack Aubrey and Stephen Maturin, and, and their, <coughs> their, their Jack was the captain of a, you know, a, a, a uh, in, in the in the Royal British Navy during the Napoleonic Wars, and it's just this tremendous series of novels about about uh, you know all their adventures and fights and battles for all of, of fifteen to twenty years. And but it, you know, if I, I keep thinking, if I ever had to come back in, in a different life and work for somebody, I want a crew on on Jack Aubrey's vessel somewhere. <laughs> he taught me more about what it is to be a great leader and manager than any, anything else I've ever read. So that's, that's my advice. You wait through those. They're yeah, I think you're a button for punishment because I read Endurance and all I thought about the whole time is how bad I didn't want on that boat. <laughs> they conveyed the misery pretty, pretty well. Yeah. We'll uh, see. Well, any, any rules or mantras you live by? Um, yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, my father taught me a long time ago, uh, <clears throat> you know, after I was whining about something, complaining about some early on in my career and, uh, you know, he, he kind of looked at me and said, you know what, Jeff, suck it up. I mean, the best way, best thing I can tell you is, is lead your life like a happy warrior, you know, I mean. If, if, if it's not going your way, then, you know, try something different, but keep a smile on your face and just keep moving forward. And I've always thought about that, man. I think if you're, if you're on business on your own, then, then which I've been for basically 35 years, um, you know, you just got to keep moving forward. And if you can do it with a smile on your face and just bite through everything, then, then, uh, you know, it's just a better way to lead your life. And, and, uh, you know, I think that's something I think about a lot and uh, be a happy warrior. And then what I always tell my kids who are now all grown is that, you know, be a happy warrior and just be a decent person. That's all I want. That's, that's the only thing I ask of you. <laughs> and by and large, they, they by and large listen to that. So, uh, and that's what I tell everybody. Just be a decent person. Yep. And I, don't, I don't think there's a lot of rules there, but everybody knows what that is. You know? Yeah, I think everybody can interpret that. And last question, can you tell us something about yourself that has nothing to do with your M&A career? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I like to, I mean, I do a lot of sailing in the summertime. I competitively race sailboats uh, out here on Long Island Sound and off the Connecticut coastline. Uh, it occupies a, a good deal of my time and I have a lot of fun with it. I ski in the winter a lot up here in New England, try to get out west at some point uh, to ski and like to do more of that sort of when I retire. Um, and, you know, I've got three kids and they're, they're all grown up and out of the house. A couple of one married, another one getting married and another young guy who's an eligible bachelor living in New York city. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, 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 will also get married at some point. So I, yeah, but I, you know, all, all is good. My wife's a teacher to teach high school English. And uh, it's been a very difficult year for, for high school teachers over the last year and a half. So sure. they're glad things are returning to normal. And, uh, but she, she enjoys that. And we enjoy life here in Connecticut. 
So nothing revelatory, you know. Oh, that's great. All, all is good. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. I, I'll. Uh, I know you're busy, and I really appreciate you carving out the time. But um, yeah, thank you for jumping on with me today, and thank you for your service to MA Source. I'm I'm looking forward to working with you more um, next year. And uh, thanks again sure. for coming on. All right, Lamar, thanks. Appreciate it. You too. Thanks for doing this. Right. So if you like this podcast and would like to connect with Jeff, uh, you can find his contact info at his website, vrnewhaven.com. Or if you'd like to learn more about MA Source, please visit MA Source's website at masource.org. And please feel free to reach out to our staff listed there. And I would also highly recommend any M&A professional to join M&A Source and also to attend our semi-annual conference events where folks like Jeff attend and we discuss topics that help us all get better at the work we do. Thank you for supporting the show. And to find more episodes like this one, please again visit masource.org. I'm your host, Lamar Stanley, and I look forward to chatting with you again on the next episode of the M&A Source podcast. Thank you for joining us for the M&A Source podcast. If you would like to learn more about M&A Source or would like to join, please visit M&A Source's website, www.masource.org, where you can find a wealth of information to include information about M&A Source's biannual conferences. Thanks again for joining. And if you enjoyed the show, we hope that you'll go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Join us next time for another edition of the M&A Source podcast.